0: Some of the most recognisable and memorable scenes in movie history came just seconds before a dramatic death. In that moment, just before the end, when a character realises that their death is imminent, some truly incredible cinematic moments can occur. Recently, a discussion about the best moments of realisation has blown up on Twitter, prompting film lovers from all over the world to share their favourite death-pending scenes. And oh boy, there's quite a collection. So without further ado, I'm Amy from What Culture, and here are the nine greatest I'm dead and I know it moments in movie history. 9. Harry knows he's blown it. Speed. Public transport can get a bit hairy at the best of times, but it's not every day that you hop on the bus home and find out that it's been rigged with a bomb programmed to detonate should the bus ever drop below 50 miles per hour. Yeah, that'll ruin your day. The rigged up bus will eventually have to drop below 50 if it either runs out of gas or hits an obstacle, putting the LAPD in a race against the clock to find the terrorist responsible for it and keep the bus's occupants alive. Officer Harry Temple believes he's tracked down the terrorist's name, identity, and home address. He gathers a squad to raid the house, bursts into the empty home, only to notice at the last moment a small, blinking red light. He knows exactly what it is, and he realises that the house is imminently going to blow up and kill everyone inside, including himself. He doesn't even try to run or shout, he just looks straight forward as his lip quivers and his eyes take on this glassy, hopeless sheen. But come on, knowing that the perpetrator was a previous member of the bomb squad. How did you not see this coming? 8. Marty gets a pretty crap death Independence Day. As iconic as the whole of Independence Day is, one of its very best moments comes from someone you really wouldn't expect it from. Jeff Goldblum's resourceful satellite technician, David, manages to stay pretty level-headed as he finds out that there's an attack of unprecedented power about to decimate the world. He instructs his colleague Marty to get out of town, channeling his chaotic nervous energy into something that will actually do him some good. Unfortunately, though, it's just a tad too late, as David and the presidential posse board the Air Force One to fly to relative safety. The countdown comes to an end, and the alien ships release a series of energy beams that turn everything in the surrounding areas to dust. People are running, screaming from their impending fiery death, and then there's Marty, sat in his car, staring directly at the incoming wall of flames. In what's possibly the most understated final words ever, he just about manages to say, oh crap, before he gets blasted into a His slack jaw and wide eyes say it all. He knows there's no escaping what's coming. Amongst all the yelling and crying and running for your life, you've kind of gotta respect that. 7. Zorg gets his comeuppance the fifth element. Anyone with a name like Jean-Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg should never be trusted, and throughout this film we see that Zorg really is just the nasty piece of work we expected him to be. He's working for the great evil that everyone else is seeking to destroy, a clear indicator of a bad moral compass. And that hairstyle, just from looking at it you know he's a bad guy. It's very satisfying then that he gets such a pathetic death. As our heroes escape in Zorg's own private spaceship, he's forced to return to the scene of the crime he's just committed in an attempt to obtain some very valuable stones. He deactivates the bomb he'd prepped, anticipating to be gone by now, but doesn't realize that he's not the only one with explosives to hand. A fallen member of the alien race he previously employed detonates a bomb of his own, and as the realization hits Zorg that he's about to die the fiery death he was condemning others to, all he can do is stutter and utter a lowly, oh no, before he's blasted to smithereens. You know what? Good riddance, I say. Six, Hickox goes out speaking the Kings, inglorious Bastards. The entire basement bar scene from Inglorious Bastards is definitely one of Tarantino's best and most tense sequences. British commando Lieutenant Archie Hickox meets with a fellow undercover agent, German actress, Bridget von Hammersmark. Given that he's obviously not a native German speaker, Hickox's mannerisms and accent attract attention and arouse suspicion. But on the whole, he seems to have pulled it off, right until the last moment, that is, with the Nazi soldiers imminently due to depart, a simple hand gesture gives him away as a British soldier, and from there, their hushed negotiations fall apart pretty much instantly. Hickox and his Nazi foe realise that nobody can actually leave the room now that the secret's out, and after a short pause, Hickox nods, sits back in his chair and grabs a cigarette, stating that, well, if this is it, old boy, I hope you don't mind that I go out speaking the kings. He takes a drag on his cigarette as he lets the realisation set in, before then kicking off the shooting out that kills all but one person in the entire tavern. I mean, if you're gonna die at war, you may as well do it taking out a bunch of Nazis with a scotch and a cigarette in hand. 5. Schultz would rather die than shake hands. Django Unchained Christoph Waltz's Dr. Schultz lived as a legend and died as one too. He's a man of morals and it's that which causes him to recognize when his death is the only option left. As he and his partner Django close the deal on purchasing Django's wife Broomhilda from Calvin Candy, aka the owner of the plantation they're on and an overall monster, they're just walking to the door when Candy calls them back, insisting that Schultz shake his hand. After multiple refusals from Schultz, Candy pulls his trump card. In Chickasaw County, he states... No deal is complete until the two parties shake hands. In this moment, Schultz realises that he can't shake Candy's hand. But without shaking his hand, he, Django and Brumilda will all probably be shot. So he creates himself a third option. He shrugs as if in resignation, walks towards Candy with an extended arm and then boom! With a tiny gun he produces from his sleeve, he shoots Candy right in the heart. If the options were shake or die and the former is something he just knows he could never do, he may as well go out with a bang. Literally. It's even actually kind of a two-in-one with this entry because Candy's face when he realizes he's been shot is just incredible. And overall, from Schultz here, just true legend behavior. Four, Muldoon commends the raptor before his death, Jurassic Park. For all his warnings and reservations that the raptors were too dangerous to be kept alive at the park, Game Warden Robert Muldoon received exactly the death he wanted to prevent others from suffering. After a power failure, the Velociraptors are released, and whilst on a joint mission to return power to the park, Muldoon finds himself in the midst of the raptors. As he sees one in front of him, he raises his weapon, but he doesn't realize that they've got him surrounded. Unfortunately for him, he wasn't present, for Dr. Grant's earlier warning about how the raptors hunt You stare at him and he just stares right back, and that's when the attack comes, not from the front, but from the side, from the other two raptors you didn't even know were there. He has only time to turn and see the other raptor at his side, realize they've outsmarted and surrounded him and admit defeat. His last dying words are to commend the raptor, calling it a clever girl, and then proceeds to be mauled to death by its razor-sharp teeth. You know what? At least he had respect for the beast. 3. Iron Man Saves Everyone, But Not Quite Himself, Avengers Endgame We're all too aware that the MCU's beloved Tony Stark kicked the bucket hard in Endgame, but in our grief it's easy to forget the exact moments that led up to his demise. Thanos, with his smug little smile and self-assured tone, again states that he's inevitable, clicking his fingers together only to realise that he's been duped, and across from him the stones all rest in Tony Stark's capable hands. With a click of his fingers he races Thanos and his army. He knows full well from what he's seen before that his chances of survival are pretty much non-existent. So when he takes that breath and looks at Thanos before making his final saving move, he knows he's condemning himself to death. After all is said and done when he finally lets go, as Pepper assures him that it's all okay and he can rest now. It's a pretty emotional moment for all of us, made better by his sheer determination as he made the decision to go through with it. Whether he clicked or not, he would die either way, but this way he died once again the hero, Drinking scotch with the monster, The Thing. The ending of The Thing is pretty divisive by virtue of its uncertainty. John Carpenter himself said he wanted the ending to be something you could think on and work out for yourself, and that's part of what makes it so iconic. In the final scene, our two remaining characters, Childs and McCready, settle down in the snow as the station burns. It's pretty widely agreed that Childs has become The Thing, as signaled by the range of signs, including how his breath is not visible in the freezing air like McCready's is. And it's implied that McCready knows this too. That's what makes his final moments all the more incredible. As he slumps down in the snow, his beard frosting over, he accepts that death is coming. He sits fearlessly in front of the alien that killed all of his colleagues. He knows that nothing matters, that both him and Childs, or The Thing, or whatever it is, are gonna freeze to death pretty soon, but he embraces it and shares a bottle with his end-of-life associate. It's a pretty badass way to go, just waiting out the inevitable in The Frozen Expanse, sat just across from an extraterrestrial killer. 1. Going out with a bang Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. This one's definitely a little bit different from the rest. It's a hopeless but emotional ending when our two protagonists realize that they've reached the end of the line, after finding that the straight life wasn't for them and embracing the dangers of the criminal career. After stealing a payroll and some mules, Butch and Sundance find themselves once again at odds with the law because a kid grasses them up. Both of the criminals are injured in a shootout with the police and retreat into a nearby building, coming to realize there really isn't any way out of this this time. They're both in a bad way and the law has them surrounded. But whilst it's clear they both know this is where their journey ends, neither of them will admit it. Butch floats the idea that their next destination should be Australia, looking forward to the future even with the knowledge that they'll never make it there. It makes the ending even more poignant as they emerge from the building all guns blazing as they walk into their own doom. And that, that's William Goldberg's writing at its finest.